Hello and welcome to Sometimes Dead is Better. And it's me, Kristen. And me, Chris. Welcome back. <laughs> if you haven't listened before, um, what we usually do uh, is we are you know, two friends that talk about our favorite horror movies and link it to, or try to link it to, uh, true crime. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes true story, maybe. Right. Um, this episode, however, is a little different, um, namely because... Usually, like I said, it's our favorite movies, or movies we've talked about a lot, or have seen a lot, or just have a lot of thoughts on, which sure drives the episode. And this episode, we have only recently seen this movie. We've right. seen it once, and only a mere hours before this episode. Right. So we haven't developed a whole lot of thoughts on it yet. I believe we have strong takes, probably no real unifying theory. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a little bit different, so it may be important to listen to our very first episode and compare it to this one to get a sort of fuller picture of some of the things we'll be talking about with this movie. Right, because inevitably we can't help, I mean, our name of our podcast is named after Pet Cemetery, namely the original movie, which was kind of what kicked off this whole podcast. So there's gonna be a lot of comparisons. We just can't help it. Right. And And, uh, yeah, so if you go ahead and listen to the first one, then you'll have all of our views on the original Pet Cemetery. We'll see. It is nice and we've kind of come Full circle on this podcast. Yeah. So this is our 15th episode, I believe, or 16th episode. Something like that, yeah. And um, so the circle is now complete. <laughs> End the podcast. Does that mean we're done? Yes, I'm sorry. We're done. <laughs> oh, no. But I guess we all podcasting equipment. Okay. Well, also for um, our new listeners, do you want to talk about how they can find this or talk to us? Oh, yeah, please. We're running out of ideas. And so we need help from the horror movie community. So you can find us on Twitter. We're at Sometimes Dead. Four, or Instagram, Sometimes Dead Podcast. When, and I also made a Facebook group page. So it's not just a fan page. Because I have a fan page, but that's hard to interact with. And so we made a, a group page called Sometimes Groups Are Better. <laughs> you can just search that and find us and add. And then we talk about our favorite horror movies. We talk about the movie we just watched or we post new trailers. And it's it's fun. If I had to guess, though, we don't have a true crime for this episode. I do. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Is it the same true crime as for the original? That'd be kind of funny if we just did Zelda again. <laughs> that would be funny. What was her name? Madame Manier. <laughs> well, I guess we can talk about where we are. Right. We counted earlier, and I believe this is our eighth location recording. Mm-hmm. Second house, the eighth location. And it's very appropriate. We didn't even mean to do it, but we're in my 10-year-old daughter's room. Right. There are cats all over the um, wallpaper. And there's a real cat in here. I just had a real pet cemetery moment with. Yeah, it's literally five seconds before she hit record. She actually, and I'm using the word literally correct. Um, she got attacked by a cat. Except it was trying to get on my lap for love, but it doesn't know how fat she is. And so I think she jumped up, miscalculated things, and tried to hang on to me with her claws and drew blood. Still stings. Yeah, well, the whole room's a little on the nose for this episode. <laughs> well, so, Chris, before we get into our movie, what have you been watching? 
Funny you ask. We talked about this on one of the older episodes, but me and Melissa, my friend, finally finished The Handmaid's Tale Season 2, mm-hmm. which I can't remember or not if this was on the pod, but somehow I know that you were not a fan no. of Season 2, or maybe at least the ending the of Season ending. 2. The ending. And so you warned me about it. So that's what I kind of like to talk about. Okay. And apologies. This won't be terribly spoiler heavy if you haven't seen it. So anyway, I guess my take on it was... I thought it was fine. Like I don't, I don't quite get what the the ending to me, which is um, didn't seem more outlined than the rest of the horrible stuff that happened all season. There is no way she would stay. It's ridiculous. You th- oh, so you think just logically it doesn't make sense? Yeah. Like out of character. Yes. Well, I I bought it because she gotta leave one of them. Well, I, I will say, um, I guess I had a larger problem in general with season two, namely thinking like, should this exists like, like how is this still a thing like you know because the, i understand the first book season was more or less the whole novel right so I, I realized that okay everything that happens now was just like new and i mean i think it was still a very good show very strong definitely like well acted deserves all the awards i'm sure but i can't help you know every episode i thought you know this just seems like i feel like they've done everything i, I feel like they made, they made their point right and it feels almost gratuitous to just kind of keep punishing these characters. Yeah, well, that's it, too. Like, yeah. it just kept going worse and worse and worse. It just works so much more, I think, as sort of parable. Right. Versus having four to eight episodes, whatever it is. I think it, I don't think it can sustain itself. Right. Um, I mean, then you get to the point where you, sure, you want to see Gilead. I guess punished. Or, yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to see it being taken down, but then it's just like, well, I don't need to go through all this. Yeah. It's already, like, so bad. Right. And, uh, I mean, I did feel like, you know, I think after every episode, I was just like, well, that was fine. <laughs> I know. Well, right. I mean, it's beautifully shot. Right. It. I mean, it looks great. Like you said, the act, everybody is such a good actor. But, yeah. You never really want to know what happens next. You know, it's going to be probably something terrible. <laughs> I thought it was a good show, and you know, but I, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, me too. What have you been watching, Kristen? Well, I've been watching something fun, too. Okay, what is it? I finally started The Leftovers. Well, that is a barrel of monkeys right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you texted me um, a few days ago, so I knew this already. But I didn't realize in your text that you'd never seen it before. Right. I kind of thought you meant you were rewatching Leftovers. No, is I've it? never seen it. Well, what do you think so far? It's wonderful. You're in the first season? Yes. Okay, well, that's, I- that's actually an unusual take on it, because most people, me included really struggled the first season oh and then i think it's better oh yeah oh my gosh yeah that's exciting but i do like i had text you like um i mean justin thoreau is just like distractingly hot distracting like, is a good word for when he's in his uniform and he's got that dark hair and the dark eyes and i i'm like looking around my empty living room like are you guys seeing this <laughs> or like i want everybody on the tv show to just be like what wait a minute look no. at this guy <laughs> everybody stop yeah so there's some acknowledgement of it, but I mean, come on. I, I mean, I remember when it was on the first season, especially that was pretty much all what Twitter was was just on throw slash hashtag hot hashtag leftovers. I think your exact text was. I said just started the leftovers. Justin Thoreau is way too hot, and you said yes, upsettingly hot. <laughs> and I said now I'm just googling pictures of him and Jennifer Aniston together. And you said she had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> She's the queen. They're is, like, she, is she not? They're not together anymore. They're no, not. they were only married for like two and a half years. Yeah. Apparently, I wonder what that's about. They said that they separated amicably. I don't know, but she was not at. A, see, I googled way too much. She was not at. He was not at her fiftieth birthday party, but Brad Pitt was. 
But so far, I do love it. How far into it are you? I think I've watched about six episodes. Okay. And I did enjoy it, but it was a similar experience to The Handmaid's Tale. It was just like, oh my god, you know, enough with the drama. Yeah. <laughs> you said watching the drama. Uh, <laughs> and I remember the music being real overwhelming. And, uh, well, I liked that. No, but now I do. Oh, well, I'm happy for you. You'll take um, less as you progress. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I also wanted to talk about, this is like super late, but I, like one of my favorite movies, or our favorite movies is Jurassic Park. And but no, I'm excited about this too because I I was wondering when you know, your little boy, who's a huge dinosaur fan, yeah, his name is Adam. Yes, <laughs> I'm not sure how much we should r- reveal. <laughs> um, but I was I've been asking for weeks. You know, has he seen Jurassic Park? Is he you know? And the answer was always no. But now, well, so he has seen some of Jurassic Park, but Jurassic Park is still really fucking scary. So I had to fast forward some of the parts. I mean, the whole part with the T Rex and the kids in the car was too intense for him and it was intense when i was 13 i mean <laughs> I, me too yeah. it's still intense i mean if you remember that you know they find samuel L. jackson's severed arm Muldoon gets attacked by the velociraptors oh my gosh i forgot i have a present for you for me yes right, okay okay i'm gonna pause this and go get it <laughs> okay okay i ran all the way up down the stairs and came back up so i'm out of breath a little bit Are you ready yes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> where in the world did you get this target this is incredible. Tell them what it is. Okay, Kristen has just given me a gift. It is Jurassic World Legacy Collection. I assume that means Jurassic Park, because yes. Jurassic World does not exist. Uh, and it is a action figure of Dr. Ellie Sadler, a.k.a. Laura Dern. And she's holding... Oh, it's a flashlight. <laughs> and she's being attacked by a little dinosaur. I guess it's a Velociraptor, right? Uh, no, those are the, the oh, copies. The little guys? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then I also... These are mine, but you can look at them. Well, this I, one's amazing. Thank you very much. I also got Muldoon. Oh, cool. And Dr. Grant and Ian Malcolm. Oh, He's can got I see. a flare. These are at Target? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And she's got her shorts on? Mm-hmm. So, Adam loves dinosaurs more than anything. I mean, not just like a normal little boy's into it, right? I mean, right. It's, it's... He does seem fairly obsessed. Yeah. yeah. So, then for spring break, Elise went to her Yaya's house, and so it's just me and Adam... And so we decided that we were going to watch the Jurassic World movies because he has all the Jurassic World toys, which are really cool toys. You've seen, you've seen his toys. His, no, yeah, I was just in his room. Yeah. It's incredible. His Mosasaurus. And I think Brian has showed him like parts of Jurassic World, too. But we just decided we were going to watch them. And so we watched Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom first. And so when you say you watched it, did you fast forward parts? Did you watch the whole thing? Or I think... With that one, we fast-forwarded some because only because there was a lot of talking. Oh, okay. But there really wasn't anything that was too scary, like no, yeah. like, like in Jurassic Park. Right. I remember reading, and based on what I read, thinking it was supposed to be more of like a horror movie um, than the last one, anyway. And I didn't really you know, think that was the case at all. I guess they had that set piece in the sort of mansion at the end. Right. Um, but that wasn't nearly as scary as I kind of read about it being. I did like it better than the first one, I'll say that. See, I liked the first one better. I really? But again, I watched them out of order. And Maybe I, whichever first one you see, you're just angry at <laughs> because it's not Jurassic Park. <laughs> but it was just so bad. I they do kind of so like bad. that B.D. Wong is now like the villain. I, I do like that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, in, in Jurassic World, I know we both have the same um, complaint about how they treat Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, yes. I had heard that there was some sexism and her the fact that she was wearing heels and running around in heels and all that. But Bryce Dallas Howard ru- fucking runs yeah, the entire Jurassic the part, World. Which she just said worked really efficiently until 
she runs the entire fucking park. Can you imagine? She's handling the budget. She's, and then she's supposed to take off work to watch her nephews. Why doesn't why didn't the mom come? Yeah, that's my whole criticism of the movie. I, I, I don't, the mom's at work. Right. She's in a meeting. Like, yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. Basically, her relatives show up and they're just like, "Why don't you have kids? Quit doing what you're doing. You're failing." And she, I guess, by the end, almost buys into it. Yes. It's upsetting. It doesn't it make any sense. Uh, so all that, I hated. But I really did like that Indominus Rex, too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I do. I like her. I mean, I think she's a good... She's good in that. But how that character is treated is just so bizarre to me. Like, it is. I can't believe someone wrote that in 2000, whenever it was. Yeah, 15, I think. Probably, yeah. Oh, so we also have to talk about um, Game of Thrones. So we should clar- clarify when we're, when we're potting this... <laughs> Uh, the first episode of the newest season or last season has just aired so we only have one episode to go on right and we assume that everyone in the world watches the show so we're not spoiling anything yeah i think 55 million people pirated it pirated it pirated it <laughs> pirated it <laughs> and i like pirated that word like did pie. not come out with could not work in my head uh so 55 million people pirated it that's gonna be the word now i said it again um, so I think that we're probably safe that if people actually yeah, have HBO. Yeah, pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it was wonderful, but generally, what did you think of the first episode? Well, it, like with all of the first episodes of the new seasons, it's kind of a lot of catching up with everybody. Yeah, a lot of uh, table setting. So I kind of knew that that's how it was going to be. I mean, I thought it was great. What did you think of the dragon ride sequence? <laughs> of course, you think of Aladdin. <laughs> I mean, right? No, I didn't think about that, but oh. now I will. Um, oh. I, yeah, that just completely took me out of the show. <laughs> I was like, what am I watching now? <laughs> <laughs> well, it also is like, so it's just downhill from here, right? Yeah. That's the happiest scene they've had. Yeah. So. But I, I just wish they hadn't done that. I just felt like that's so, someone I well, saw. But it, was said, all, but it was very important because only Targaryens can ride dragons. Right, like I just think they could have done. I mean, I was watching with my friend Michael, and he said, "Like, is this early Harry Potter? Like, what?" <laughs> it was just so tone, tonally like dissonant from the rest of the show. Right, not because it was happy, but just, I mean, it was almost like a, it was pure fantasy, I guess. You know what I mean? And yeah. The show usually, one of the points about it is it usually subverts that type of thing, whereas we literally just had two characters laughing and riding around dragons it's like there's a show called how to ride a dragon or whatever it's called <laughs> how to train your dragon yeah. and then they had like a funny scene where the dragon was watching him kiss and i did it's like, like that yeah. I, it was very cute but it was it was uh a little different yeah. they have, they're, they're good on jokes i mean it's obviously jokes in game of thrones that there's funny sure, yeah. parts but that was the most like comical thing right that they've kind right. of done or they even playing that sort of you know whimsical music maybe or i yeah. don't know i just i just it took me out of the show and i can i can't believe this is happening <laughs> yeah. and also i was thinking about it more like i think it kind of like like it's not it's taking some of the thing out of him and danny to me like I remember there being a lot of tension last season and, and you know, like sexual tension. And oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of less steamy this season. I don't know. I don't, like, it's like brother and sister. I mean, yeah. they are related, I guess. Yeah, they are. <laughs> do you have any particular theories? What do you think Bran's going to do to Jamie? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so great. Yeah. And just all the memes from that. Oh, yeah. So good. How are people so much funnier than us? Um, I do recommend the hashtag uh, Dim Thrones. It's D E M Thrones, oh, okay. which is like a it's basically Black Twitter's response to Game of Thrones. Oh, that's funny! And it's the funniest memes by far right. that I've seen. I don't know what Brand's plan is. 
I think he's not going to be as upset as we might think. Like, he probably maybe, you know, my friend thinks he's going to maybe even thank him for setting him on his path right. or something. Right, that's what I was thinking. Like, if that hadn't happened, then he wouldn't have been where he was. He probably would be dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Well, I'm very happy with where they have Sansa this season, mm-hmm. which is, you know, in complete control, essentially, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah. And giving great one-liners. Yeah. Um, just casting shade across the whole all of Winterfell. I'm just so happy with that storyline. It's kind of like the... Um, remember when you used to watch Sopranos, and one or both of us used to always hope that Meadow may be the one that like takes over or something? Right. This is like that. It's like, oh, they did that. Right. But it's for Sansa. Right. And not just because she's a girl, but it's just because she was... She basically is kind of Meadow Soprano, isn't she? She is. There's no way Danny's going to make it out, I don't think, now. She's too... She doesn't have a family. She doesn't. I don't think she understands that the way the Starks do. And I think well, that. Well, Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I think that that's what going to. They're going to have to somehow end her, or she's going to become the Mad King, or uh, yeah, something. I think that's where they're going. Is um, you know. It all or I also of... saw a cool theory that she could become a zombie, and like be the the night. Oh, the Night Queen. Yeah. Oh, weird. That'd be, yeah. And then she get her dragon back, and ride her dragon. God, that'd be terrifying. She already does have a certain, you know, attitude about, uh, and she's starting to act a little entitled, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Very much. And then that one throwaway line when she said, if Sansa doesn't learn to respect me, then, you know, and then I got cut off. And it's like, then what? Right. And it's weird that she Loosen even, up. Yeah. It's weird that she just necessarily even expects that either. Like, she really does think that she deserves this, you know, whereas early in the show, that wasn't necessarily clear. She was just, it kind of felt like it was just... She was doing it because her, you know, her brother wanted her to. Right. Um, so yeah, I do wonder if you know, like you know, like last season when she killed Sam's family, and that was a funny scene, by the way. When oh yes, you know, she's like, um, "Are you Sam Tarlin? Funny. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. Is, is your father Randall? Oh, okay. Oh, never got mind. It. Never got mind. It. <laughs> and your brother? <laughs> yeah, that he played that so well. Yeah, I do love that part where he's like, "Well, at least my brother will welcome me." And he's and like, "Yeah." Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> Because that'd be more interesting seeing like where everybody, where everybody kind of lands, you know, in their respective positions and what they kind of do versus just everybody finding out. Dying, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be more interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, say Sansa takes over King's Landing and then maybe John goes back to the wall for some reason. That'd right. be kind of more interesting. Tyrion finally opens that brothel he's right, always wanted. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we should um, talk about uh, what we're drinking this episode. Yeah. So, um, you picked out the beers today, mm-hmm. so I'll let you tell us. Well, I got a, we have a brewery here in Atlanta called Second Self. This is called Bleeding Heart, which I thought was appropriate. And it's, um, they call it a red ale brewed with cocoa and vanilla. It's really good. Yes, uh, I think it's very tasty. I've already drank in almost all of my first one. And then I also got um, this Catawaba. How would you say that? Oh, uh, Catalba, <laughs> I think. Um, it's called Peanut Butter Jelly Time. It's a brown ale. And I just wanted to get it because I love peanut butter and jelly. But I also thought it was appropriate because kids like those. <laughs> that is the biggest dress you've made. <laughs> because kids eat food. <laughs> I have made so many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, Chris. Okay, I'm going to taste it, okay? This is a peanut butter and jelly beer. I don't know why you're not more like... It's brewed with raspberries and peanuts. I'm just watching. See what you do. It tastes like raspberries. Mm-hmm. Want to taste it? Sure. 
Oh, that does taste like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I don't think I could drink that. Okay, so let's uh, talk about our movie. So, um, what movie are we doing this week, Kristen? We're doing Pet Cemetery. Yes. Wait, wait, we did that in the first episode, right? right? But we've arrived at the remake of the uh, the very first movie we covered, Pet Cemetery, um, and the namesake of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. On the um, poster, it just said "Sometimes that is better." It didn't even have the name of the movie. Right. So yeah. I guess that that is so recognizable. Uh, my dad could not figure out which movie theater to go in because it said sometimes that is better right. instead of Pet Cemetery. My dad came with us. Yeah, see, he seemed to have a good time. Yeah. Um, we learned that Mr. Neal has uh, watched the first movie. Yep. Which he said was bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that hurt my feelings a little bit. Um, um, he seemed to keep thinking it was a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Made for TV movie, he kept calling it. But he, seemed, he did say the ending was crazy, which I appreciate that. So yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll just dive in. I, I liked the movie. I thought it was a good movie uh i do not think it was as good as the first one which i you know i think it is you know, yeah it's dated i can see how it's silly um but i think that's a generally scary movie yeah i think the decision to switch it to the sister was um i don't mind that but i think gage is just inherently scarier than um the girl i do too um, and I thought the girl actually did a good job with what she, you know, I think she was good, especially as, I guess, evil Ellie. I think she was better as evil Ellie. Right. Yeah, she yeah she was. But it's just not scary to me. I don't know why. Maybe because she's talking and she's, uh, it seemed more kind of a traditional villain kind of. She just kind of, like before she started murdering people, she just kind of came back like bratty, like breaking things. It right, just annoyed yeah. me. Why are you putting those dirty clothes back on? I feel like tries to tackle the subject matter in a very serious way, mm-hmm. um, but it's almost like too serious, like almost like self-consciously. Yeah, maybe it needs so that little bit of levity. campiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, I just miss that so much. I just, you know, it's just like where is you know Denise Crosby right now? Right. Um, and then in doing so, it, in making itself uh, into that type of movie, there's certain things that they can't even really work with, like the Victor Pascal character mm-hmm. is completely pointless in this movie yeah uh, i mean what does he do he doesn't even really ghost anybody he ghosts gage and gage can't think right. <laughs> <laughs> what's he, what's gage gonna do yeah he only he appears to lewis in the same sort of kind of sequence walks him out to the pet cemetery and tells him not to go past the deadfall which again i mean i guess he he sees the future apparently I mean, that's a little more clear in this i suppose yeah well because he told him not to go past the deadfall he probably knows the cat's gonna get hit and judd's gonna try and take him out there so he's trying to help him he mentions you're gonna lose someone else to the road or something like that so he's kind of he is trying to help him where in the other movie i just felt like he was just trying to crack jokes but but i miss those jokes (laughs) i know maybe it felt like it was very cut down from something else um, and I also felt bad because apparently Gage was actually seeing him. Right. And that is fucked that up. That did make me laugh. At um, least little Ellie is just yeah. So that, just seeing it in her dreams or whatever. It'd be funny if like another ghost came on and he's like, you're doing this wrong. Like, <laughs> talk to her. <laughs> that kid is dumb. <laughs> I like Jason Clark. Uh, the original actor was worse, but more interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I guess he's a little boring. The, the, the character in this movie, the dad. But by the end of the movie, when he was, you know, going through it, I think he played that convincingly well. He seemed pretty crazy towards the end. Mm-hmm. But I wanted him, I did want more. Like, I wanted just an insane level of insane 
Dale Midkiff in the original, you really think he's completely lost it when he's you know, holding the kid in the graveyard. Right. Uh, there's kind of none of that in the movie. I thought the actress that played Rachel was good. Uh, Amy Simons. Apparently she's a director and a producer. I, yeah, I, I noticed that she was in a lot of things. I didn't recognize her from anything. No, yeah. But then when I looked her up, I saw that she'd been in a lot. Yeah, it looks like she does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, too. Um, so I thought she was really good in that role. I just don't think the character was as... You know, I just love my, my beloved Denise Crosby with her shoulder pads and her you know, spiky <laughs> blonde hair. Um, I, I thought she was a good actress. It seems like she... You has need, been messed up for a while from her sister. I, yeah, I, I thought was, that was done a little more well. I, I thought it was kind of funny that she wanted to leave the house where her daughter had died, but she just went over to her house where apparently yeah. her sister died. And that, I, well, I did like that. That was pretty gruesome that the sister called yeah, over think and fell like, on yeah, the dumbwaiter. But I do think it's funny. Later, she's like, you know, literally just sitting by the dumbwaiter drinking beer. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Go get like a hotel room or something. Yeah, the dumbwaiter thing was clever. I don't. It seems weird. It's like do they do they need that? Maybe. Well, yeah. So I, I guess my thought is I thought she was good in it, but the character, like the thing about Zelda, like in the original movie, in the original book, it's sort of almost like this subconscious. You, know, you kind of pull that out of the character halfway through it. Like, oh, this is why she doesn't react well to death, and it's just sort of this story in her life. Um, and in the name of it, you kind of get the impression like she's just kind of always thinking about Zelda, <laughs> uh, which I don't think that's quite the point. Zelda's like excellent explanation for things. Or was it since they had moved to this new house, then these, like the images of her sister started coming up again? Yeah, I guess she did say that, yeah. Because she did say like something's not right in this house. And so maybe this is all coming up again. And then church dies. And so that kind of comes up to what do we think about uh john lithgow as um fred he, monster <laughs> i mean he was good but he was just kind of um forgettable right i thought fred Gwynn was a much better much more memorable character memorable yeah <laughs> now we're just saying words however we want pirate <laughs> <laughs> memorable um, um yeah john- I, I liked his makeup I hope that was makeup. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, um, I liked the, how his... I mean, they did a really good job on him, looking like a right. curmudgeonly old man. Yeah, he was definitely more um, sort of a serious character, I guess. I don't know. And he was. He, I liked the idea of him being almost mean at first. Uh, yes. But they dropped that pretty quickly. Then he's like, I, I thought it dropped it too quickly. Yeah. That was a little more awkward, too, than the original. Because like, now there's a scene where... Uh, John Lithgow is now meeting her alone in the woods, and there's instantly just a vibe of okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so then you know Rachel comes to and comes upon that scene, and suddenly there's that vibe to have to kind of deal with. Yeah. But then that's dropped because like yeah. the very next scene they have, well at least with them, Rachel's like having them over dinner, and it seems like they've been they're letting him watch her dance. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't about that. It just seemed like they were setting something up in that first scene. Rachel just clearly not liking the creepy old guy in the woods, and then it's never really yeah addressed again. Yeah. Like, again, that may be a scene that was cut or something. And then I thought that was creepy that Ellie went over to his house by herself with cookies and just walked insane. into the house. Uh, yeah, I mean, and she's from Boston. I mean, sure, I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from. I'm sure they taught her don't go to strangers' house and walk inside and just. And then there's a gun in yeah. the drawer. That just the whole vibe of that was just weird yeah. for me too. So I guess that's the last scene where he's kind of mean. Um, so I guess we'll talk about Ellie. Which, so you didn't really, I guess, like that performance very much. It seems like. I just, I mean, maybe I was kind of comparing her to my ten-year-old. I just thought she was kind of annoying. I think I think it was just that whole thing of her 
going out to the woods by herself, going over to Judd's house by herself, going in. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing? So you thought your actions were annoying, not necessarily like, I think like her voice or something. She was kind of annoying. Yeah. Well, I liked her. I mean, I, I, well, I guess I didn't like or dislike her. I didn't think she was annoying. Um, you know, I thought they did a good job, you know, writing that character. And then, you know, I thought the talks about her learning about death were, I like that better than how they handled the first movie. You know, especially linking it to sort of religion and like, what do you think happens? And yeah, I can't believe they have been married for however long and we've never talked about that before. <laughs> that I mean, it seems up. like they're a fairly agnostic family, I guess. But if nothing else, she just wants the mother wants you know the children to at least think that you go somewhere when you die. Where Lewis is just more like, no, you're just nothing. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, and what then, are you crying about? Yeah, and then Rachel. <laughs> Rachel told Ellie, it's like, it's okay, you're a little kid, you're going to live for a long time. And she was like, wasn't your sister a little kid? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Is that when you whispered burn to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did like uh, how the movie, you know, nods its head to the original a lot or winks at it. You right. Know, it does seem like the movie's constructed to where you do think that Gage is going to be the one that gets killed. Um, yeah. Well, in the first trailer, too. There was no sign that it was anybody but Gage. And it sounds like Jason Clark is yelling Gage, which he is, because they somehow let both of their children get in the road at the same time. Don't we start on that either, okay? Yeah, it seemed like in this version, they're even closer to the road, too. Like, the whole party is just, like, in the median right. almost. <laughs> Why are they in the backyard? <laughs> <laughs> they just have, like, cones out there, right. like on Wayne's World car, and they all move. But yeah, it did seem a little ridiculous that they are like, go play hide and seek. No, don't go that way. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They have, what, 60 acres? Anyway. Yeah, it, it's... I mean... It, and then both a... the kids are in the row at the same time. <laughs> right. Um, and then she actually isn't really hit by it. She's hit by the tanker that comes off. Yeah. Um, but again, there was, like, no blood. And I'm sorry, I don't want to see a little kid, you know, in pieces. But I'm just saying, if she was hit by a tanker, she wouldn't just look the same. Yes. There was, like, no blood. There was, was, I, was, I thought, well, you know, you made the similar complaint about the original, but I would argue, at least in the original, you don't even see Gage when he... Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but, I mean, I guess when he comes back, But even when he comes back, together. yeah, there's some stitches, so... Uh, but you see her right after she dies, and it's... It just like looks like she fell asleep. Yeah. Under a tanker. <laughs> you see a little bit of blood later on her little doll when she... The oh, mom I didn't notice that. The yeah. mom's in bed with the doll, and there's some blood on it, but there was no blood on the girl... She was just fucking ran by a tanker. I mean... I, yeah, that does feel like, you know, they're like, twist! Yeah. <laughs> it's not the cab that hits her. <laughs> Surely they did not originally intend to give all that away in the trailers. I, it seems to me that... I, that would have been a completely different experience if we'd gone into that movie thinking it was going to be Gage. Oh, I know. I feel almost robbed that we didn't... Because that had been a great twist. And then there'd be all these... You weren't even talking about it, really, because we already knew about it. And we've already talked about it on another pod. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't enjoy her coming back, you know, him giving her a bath and getting her dressed. I thought that was a little more interesting that he was actually thinking, this is going to work. We're going to live together. Whereas Gage just came back and started murdering immediately. Yeah. Um, again, I think that the first version is scarier. <laughs> even in doing that, you know, by living with her, for, even for a day, some, then she becomes more familiar. Yeah, that's true. And, like, less scary. Like, the more you see her... And the more she talks, it just... She just seems to be, have come back bratty. Right, right. And dirty. Yeah. Uh, the, her creepy eye was creepy. Yeah. Um, whereas Gage, you know, when he comes back, you barely see him. 
every time you do see him, it's pretty freaky. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, they're obviously they're limited in what they can do anyway, but it's similar in the book. You know, the, you know I don't recall him having these big dialogue scenes. Right. <laughs> um, well, it's also scarier with Gage because he's so little. Right. So he can scurry around and hide and right. jump from the attic. Yeah, I mean, she had her moments, and I, I think, generally, I think she was, you know, effective, but I just, I, I do I do remember thinking, like, even in the theater, like, this is not a particularly scary movie. So let's talk about um, the plot, as it is, and how it is similar to, and then, I guess, and inevitably how it's different. Well, um, it was interesting how they started with that. I don't know what you call that when they showed the end of the movie. There's going to be a name for that, right? So, yeah, so we open up, uh, actually, like you say, I guess, in, at the end of the movie, and they're showing... And I think this is another way it kind of tips its head to the the, not the original because it shows the house on fire, which you kind of instinctively know. Oh, okay, that's Chuck Crandall's house, and then it shows you know the the Creed's house and the and so you can generally know what you're looking at. You know, yeah. you're looking at the end of the first movie. I think yeah, the filmmakers are probably relying on you to be thinking, okay, this is the result of Great Gage's famous massacre, right? But I guess so. The, the true opening is you know similar to the other movie. The the Creeds arriving and at their new house. Right. They didn't have time for each other, so they had to move to Maine. Yeah. He's again working as a college doctor. But mm-hmm. They have more scenes of him doing that, I suppose. And so the first clue we have up to the pet cemetery is them just watching a procession of young kids you know running through their backyard with and, a dead dog yeah with a dead dog they don't say anything to the kids they don't follow them or yeah. see what they're doing they're all wearing very creepy masks yeah uh, these are the masks they showed a lot in the trailers and i remember us theorizing like "Ooh, this is like in the past and right or some flashback or something which they didn't do that at all no there's no flashbacks of yeah. her of his dog or there was no story of the man. Yeah. I did. Read did. The, I did read the stupidest fucking thing ever. The film. They were the filmmakers were asked about that, and they said something about, "Oh, well, maybe that'd be good for the prequel." Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it just infuriates me. Well, they did show like things of it in the newspaper. Remember when Harry's going through the archives? And they had like an article that was like, "Man comes back from war, something or other," and then something about the bowl. Remember, I told you that's in the book. Oh, yeah. The bull that comes back. I heard you laugh at that part. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, bull. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they, that's how they're kind of introduced to the Pet Cemetery because Ellie gets curious, as you, I guess you would. Um, there's this kind of funny exchange where, uh, and it's this is one of the things where it's, the movie is played so seriously that lines like this just don't really work very well. But, you know, Ellie asks her mom, like, what is that, mommy? And she goes, it's a procession. <laughs> <laughs> like so what Ellie's going, oh a procession okay right. <laughs> um, oh well no she goes what's a procession and she goes it's like a parade but not fun but less fun <laughs> yeah. which is kind of a metaphor for the movie I mean it's less fun than oh yeah uh, but it's funny that I didn't um, add Norma as a character that would have been interesting yeah nor Missy no Missy so, no Missy yeah it's very sad there's no main accents either nope that'd be too silly yeah. Okay, we just let two cats into the room. So this should be interesting. Yeah, not at all uh, ominous. Yeah. <laughs> so we were just talking about um, the pet cemetery and how, um, you know, Ellie meets um, Mr. Why can I think about his name? Judd, 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 Judd. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that they did a reasonable job making it seem that he would care so much about Ellie that he risk bearing the cat again not really i mean they 
they had like two scenes together. There's the first <laughs> scene where he's very mean to her. There's the second scene where she breaks in his house <laughs> and he softens a little bit. And then there's a montage and that's about it. And I guess through the montage, you're supposed to see maybe him kind of warming to her. But yeah, and you don't even really get a sense. Like suddenly he's just kind of there all the time, you know. Yeah. Whereas in the other movie, you know, he's there all the time because he, for one thing, saved Gage. <laughs> For being run over by a truck in the first scene so they obviously are going to take to him a little bit yeah and they kind of showed lewis going over there a little more often right having some having beers. beers yeah yeah which again in this one didn't offer him a glass but right out of the can yeah they tried to give a reason for that later when judd says that that place gets a hold of you and your grief and it so it seemed like there was more powers going on than necessarily him just deciding that he didn't want Ellie to be sad. You know, maybe there because he buried his dog there, yeah. he has some connection to it. So that made it a little more, make more sense that he maybe felt pulled to it to bury the cat there. Yeah. I mean, I was actually surprised in that scene where they, they go to the pet cemetery and he's actually, they're actually about to bury the cat there. That yeah. seemed to be his plan. He kind of, uh, I kind of do like how he takes him to the other cemetery, you know, the real one, almost as a, like a compulsion almost. Yeah, so maybe he was pulled there. Yeah. But the, you know what? Earlier, there's that scene where he's like, we need to do it tonight. So, oh, yeah, right. so it seems like he really what? So what's that about? There were a lot, a lot of shifty eyes in the movie. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What yeah. are you doing here? Yeah, there's that hilarious scene where, you know, he comes to tell... Judd comes to tell Mr. Creed that uh, you know the cat has died, and, <laughs> he's, and he's just staying, sitting there kindly at the end of the driveway. And what does uh, J- uh, Creed say? Uh, he says something like, "What are you trying to scare the kids?" <laughs> he's like, "I'm just standing here. I thought we were buddies." I think they were also much more clear about what we had talked about in the our first episode was that the Indians did not curse the burial grounds. Right. The Indians were like, "Fuck this. We're getting out of here." Yeah. Uh, they and never that, even called it an Indian burial ground, or that they like. I think the book he had was like tribal. Said something about tribal, right? Um, so we knew it was something. Yeah, no Micmacs. No, um, but also it, it was interesting that no, this is a there's an evil uh, Wendigo. Is that how they pronounce it? Uh, Wendigo, something. Like Wendigo. That. Yeah. That that haunts the woods and so that's what there's like a evil spirit there or something it wasn't that the but yeah definitely i mean that they seem to avoid entirely the whole you know indian barrel ground trope this time there there was the trope of the little kids making the drawings i was hoping they weren't going to do that remember he was going through ellie's drawings and then of course there was the one that looked scary gauges he was like yeah gauge through that because again pasco is like (laughs) master plan of here (laughs) It does just seem like a dumb ghost, doesn't it? <laughs> he's like, who can help me here? <laughs> he's like a twenty-year-old kid. Um, so we have found some kind of creepy things that the kids have drawn, but nothing too bad. Like that, yeah, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Chris's stuff. <laughs> Elise has written in, I think, lipstick on <laughs> that is very creepy <laughs> on the, her closet where chris put his stuff because chris is staying in elisa's room tonight because my dad's here and what did she write in lipstick chris's stuff and <laughs> put <laughs> arrows it's slightly uh possessive almost so i thought we'd talk about instead of rehashing the plot points that we've already talked about a lot from the first movie um let's just dive into the section of the movie that is fundamentally different from the old version 
you know, everything after the scene we talked about where Ellie is, you know, crushed by the gas what? tank. Touched. Touched. <laughs> Lightly pushed into the grass. Right. <laughs> Just nudged over the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, with her hair combed. Everything after that is more or less, you know, there, there's some similarities, but the plot does take a pretty big turn from the original novel and, of course, the movie. Obviously, in that, you know, now it is Ellie that is dead and not Gage. But mm-hmm. in doing so, it, you know, kind of there's a ripple effect so there's all these other differences uh, and different decisions that are made which i argue kind of changes not necessarily the tone but a lot of the sort of philosophical questions from you know the novel and the movie well now that i'm thinking about it more and again we just saw this a couple hours ago i I i'm looking at it how it relates to my life because i have a 10 year old daughter five-year-old son my husband and my daughter are very close and me and my son are very close. Like, we're all close, but there is definitely a different connection between them. So it's, it is interesting to look at it like that and think of Brian and Lewis's position and his girl and me with my son and then coming back and realizing that that's not my daughter, being aware enough. Like, he's so blinded that he's willing to take this corpse of a girl say that's okay that's my daughter where she sees it and she can feel that it's not hers so now i'm having a lot of feelings chris is what's happening especially in that scene when after ellie stabs her mom can we are we just getting into it it sounds like it sorry and they're sitting next to each other and she's like the mom's just like that's fine because you're not my daughter i don't care what you say and the the demon is kind of like well then fine like stabs her (laughs) i like that um also knowing for sure it's not ellie it's it's the it's the wendigo or you know it's it's whatever this evil entity is that's taken her over yeah i don't know i was still a little fuzzy and all that it's like but yeah you do at least get that sense you know um that's also kind of but one of the more interesting questions from the old version is you know kind of like what like what is gage exactly Is is it all him Right. Whereas in this version, like I thought they were kind of going there because she's like, you know, am I dead? Um, but then by the end, they kind of do seem to allow that, oh, well, it's really just... When she's called out, she's like, yeah, you're right. Stab, stab, stab. Yeah, stab, stab, stab. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty, you know, gruesome scene. Uh, I wonder how that little girl filmed that. That's tough. Stab. I mean, she did, yeah, she did a good job during that scene. Um, but up until now, it's still somewhat similar, except for the... Because she's coming home. She knows something's wrong, uh, except that she's bringing Gage. Um, Judd gets drugged. Right. That seemed, yeah, that was an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. What did he even use a drug of? He just <laughs> he had like some in, from his old uh, iron cane powder. <laughs> <laughs> I have newt. He had some weird little container. Right. Yeah. So you know, during you know, during the sequence, you know, their daughter has died. You know, so Rachel's gone back to. Boston, uh, Lewis is all by himself. They did play it differently. You know, he's definitely, you know, you get the sense he's, you know, absolutely grief stricken, obviously, but he doesn't seem quite insane <laughs> like Lewis does in the, in the movie at this point. Um, he's playing it more or less straight, don't you think? Yeah, there's just the one scene when um, after Ellie's come back and Judd comes over and he's like smiling ma- maniacally. Just like everything's fine. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The, the after he digs her up. Yeah. yeah I'm talking, I thought that I'm, was pretty good. Yeah. Before that, no. 
Um, but yeah, but up until that point, you do kind of think, oh, it's just going to be the same formula just with Ellie instead of Gage. Right. So what did you think about Ellie's like zombie appearance? I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought the subtle like veins in her neck and stuff was very creepy. I liked the, um, the touch of how she had had her scalp stapled back yeah, together. Yeah. Um, but I thought I, the drooping eye thing was super disturbing. Yeah. Kind of prolonged bedtime scene where she kind of, and I, I like that scene where, you know, it is kind of one of those conversations you have like, okay, so she's come back. What did she think about all this? Right. <laughs> it's less interesting when you realize, oh, I guess it's just an evil entity anyway. Right. He has to sleep by her. You do kind of get this sense he's already kind of like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done this. Right. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Yeah. And in a different way than a sort of in the original, like, you know, what have I done? You know, type right. of thing. It does seem like he's, you know, he's laying down next to her. He's like, yeah, this. <laughs> that was a bad idea. Um, so anyway, John Lithgow knows what's up. He kind of just accepts it and you know goes back to his house. Although he does see um, Ellie. Oh right, that was kind of silly too. Like yes. she has to. She runs up and he sees her in the attic, and then he goes yeah. back to his house. Like yeah. whoa! <laughs> and she's like, "I'm going to kill this motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> so she gets the scalpel, and then she, I guess, you know, runs across to the um, his house. And then they have a pretty similar scene to the death scene in the original movie, except yeah. it's in daytime, yes. so fifty percent less creepy. And they seem to specifically play off your expectations from his death scene in the original movie. Yeah, which, so that was interesting. Yeah, so how they do that? You were talking about that earlier. Yeah, so he's wearing the same um, kind of shoes where his ankles are exposed, and so there is a scene. Obviously, in the first one, Gage comes out from under the bed. And so they have the exact same scene. He's like walking up to the edge of the bed and you think, oh, here it comes. But he kicks the bed. At least not under it. Yeah. No one's there. Yeah. And then so when he goes back down the stairs, she does the same. She jumps up and cuts his Achilles yeah. on the stairs. It seems like she kind of stabs through his Achilles. Versus... It was a little more gruesome in this one. I'll give oh, him that. So? Okay. Well, because you could see like the tendon and stuff. And the other one is just more like a thick, like a thick slice. Yeah. yeah. Like you're slicing a cake. This one, it was more, uh, you could actually see. Yeah, so there's some gore. Yeah, there you go. I know. Um, so then, yeah, he falls on the steps. And then, so here's where it's, you know, different. So she takes the form of his wife. How rude. Which I wonder if there was supposed to maybe be a scene with his wife in the, in the movie. Because, you know, she was in the book, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, pretty, you know. I did like that, yeah. yeah and she says, well, does she say, like, what, your wife's in hell or something? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Never what you want to hear. <laughs> so she kills him, you know, with with a knife, pretty dramatically, but uh, not as dramatic as Gage. Just not as scary to me in its brevity and its sort of kind of also it being kind of funny. The original version, right? I mean, it's a funny scene when you think about it. He <laughs> bites into his neck. And he's a yeah. little boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and so then he goes. She goes back to her house. I guess so, yeah. And her dad's just like. What do you want to do? Right. But then, so that's when Rachel shows up. So, yeah. So, he pretty much full on explains that, yeah, I kind of brought our daughter back from the dead. Yeah. But, I mean, I do think that was scary when she and he was like, you know, this is your daughter. Yeah. I thought that was his best um, acting scene in the movie. That sequence. That yeah. scene. You know, where yeah, he's trying he looked, to convince yeah. Rachel uh, or explain, you know, what he had done. And, you know, you kind of get a sense that she's going to be real excited about it. Or maybe he thinks she is. Right. And he's sort of Look feeding. what I did. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. Um, it's definitely dark. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I, I guess you know they showed that moment in the trailer. You know, you know, hug your daughter. So yeah. I knew some version of that scene was happening. But I, I guess I didn't really expect that she would so instantly reject her. But then, so when Rachel goes upstairs, Ellie says something about how she doesn't want her there. She doesn't want the mom there. Well, yeah. Well, she says she doesn't want me here. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the mother and and Lewis says, "Oh no, that's not true." She just get used to her. And then she goes, well, I don't want her either. Was that because she was rejected? Or do you think that that was the demon trying to trick her? And because... I don't know. Um, she also seems maybe uh, like she maybe just wants the dad all to herself almost. She seems very possessive of him. So, I mean, that's kind of an interesting thought because, you know, in, in this version, and I guess a little bit in the original version, but she's definitely sort of, you know, a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the ones that seem to have a kind of special relationship. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're sort of tweaking that a little bit, like, you know, like if you come back some version of yourself, but different, well, now she's like super extra daddy's girl. <laughs> oh gosh. And, uh, so like Rachel would almost be like a threat. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So now, um, she has, uh, you know, Rachel's back, Rachel's kind of taken gauge and hidden in a room. And then we kind of had this sort of almost like shining sequence where, well, I, I guess first, you know, like you said, Rachel has the, you know, the dream or slash vision of Zelda. Yeah. But in this version, she's like become Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that was pretty freaky. Um, but then Zelda also attacks her. But then it's just, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> confusing. Yeah. And then she wakes up and then poor Gage is like just staring at her from right. the pack and play. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do I get out of here? Well, then yeah. Ellie breaks in and, and stabs her. And then they have their um, fighting sequence. And the mom grabs Gage and runs into the bathroom and then drops Gage down to... Yeah, and that's definitely, you have a straight up shining. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Or, um, what were we... Oh, oh, I think it was Housebound. Uh, Brian and I were watching it. Ended up in the bathroom, too. They have to go out the window and the the killer trying to break... Or or, uh, arachnophobia. Remember how they get trapped in the bathroom when they have to jump out the window? And so uh, Jason Clark just puts the baby in the car... But yeah, there. I mean, there's that great scene where, again, the kid's in his little car seat in the back seat, I guess, and Jason Clark runs back to check on him. And he and he just has some, this miserable expression, yeah. just you know, just god damn this fucking family. Yeah. So, but, so at this point, then things have really changed because after Ellie kills the mom, she starts dragging her. Yeah. So this is what is fundamentally different because this is where everybody's motivations change from the original you know book the point in the, in the original is that lewis doesn't learn his lesson you know it's all about him again taking the wrong lessons from death right he brought back gage in the original that didn't work out so now he's going to try it again with his wife he right. doesn't learn right that's all removed from this all together there's no lesson or anything it's just he tries it with the cat the cat um he tries again with the daughter seems kind of thrilled for about 24 hours yeah. <laughs> But he's if he's not the one that like tries it, you see what I mean? Like that, it, it changes everything. Yeah. It changes the yeah. dynamics of the. There's no decision there for him to make. Yeah. So now, for some reason, the zombie type thing has a desire to make more. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones, I guess, yeah. with this the Night King and. The, but their whole point is that they're building an army. Well, see what I, I kind of thought though when I, when she took Rachel because I still thought it was kind of interesting. It just again, it just changes the very fundamental dynamics of the character choices. But whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> no big deal. When she takes Rachel, what Rachel told her was like, you know, I guess she heard her tell Judd, "Do not bring me back. Do not bring yeah. me back." So maybe she was doing it like, "Well, fuck you." Yeah, like, fuck you. you know, like she's just that evil. Like she doesn't yeah. want to be brought back. Well, I'm gonna 
But then there's also those other lines earlier in the movie where I guess even when she's killing Judd, there, there's a lot, few throwaway lines where she has like, well, I'm going to bring you back or I can make you like me or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so that does seem to be kind of her motivation, but it almost always seems like a punishment of sorts. So, But then maybe is that it maybe that part of Ellie still in there that she wants her family back the same as her? Yeah, the same as her, I guess, would be kind of like the clue there. Uh, so maybe it is for this wicked form of, you know, you did this to me, I'm going to do it to you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can kind of still be together. Right. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, that's interesting. And Rachel came back quick. She sure did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, if she put like some weed <laughs> some, uh, grower. Weed and grow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weed and feed. And then so she had, I guess they both had the same desire again to bury Lewis. Lewis comes back. And they are a zombie family. And they come back, and poor little Gage is just still in the car. That cemetery's getting a lot of use to that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that Wendigo is like, man, <laughs> this family's great. <laughs> it's like, you know, being fed. Yeah. Uh, it's not really clear why they said Judd's house on fire. In the original movie, it made more sense because he's burning his kid's body. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, that's where Gage died. But in right. this version, I'm not sure why they burn his house down. <laughs> just being mean. They just mean. wanted to, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then we cut to Gage. He's still in the goddamn car. He's like, where is everybody? Um, that was scary because it wasn't like it. Like if the nine-year-old had been in the car, she could have gotten out. She could have yeah. gotten help. She could have gotten away. But there was no way he could have. That Now when I think about that, it makes me very sad. Yeah. And then so you he looks out the window and he sees the whole family um, <laughs> you know, very clearly dead. And then you um, they don't show it. I mean, I guess you, know, you kind of think back on the first scene and you mentioned there's the you know the bloody handprint mm-hmm. on the door so i guess it's pretty clear what happened but the movie ends properly you hear just the door unlock you know the you yeah. know, beep beep noise and it's kind of funny i guess and oh got attacked by a cat oh my gosh <laughs> but then I, I mean i guess he comes back as a little zombie too and then so what do they do what's next oh hey stop she's playing yeah, I mean, I guess they could just live in that house, right? I mean, yeah, so I guess I have a few, you know, kind of lingering questions before we do um, the true crime. Okay. Uh, a, you know, we talked a lot about what the first movie was about, which, you know, I remember we thought or I thought about, you know, this not dealing properly with death, you know. Right. There's the cat attacking you. Yes. <laughs> you just grimaced in pain. It's like, is it my theory? Or? <laughs> Um, but so now, I, I, you know, not that I've had a lot of time to think about it, but I mean, do you have a take on, it doesn't seem to be the same really theme in this one. No. I mean, so Rachel thought that you went to heaven. Um, Lewis thought that nothing happened. So maybe it's saying like, you know, there's all these other options. I don't know. I mean, it just, it's, it's a very dark ending. Yeah. It's like, it's not saying that you go anywhere but also that there's obviously not nothing after. I mean, something has happened to these uh, people's bodies, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I do like that idea. Like, or, or you know, there's no heaven, but there is a hell. <laughs> yeah. Maybe something to do with family. God, you're really getting beat up over there. Yeah. Who buried this cat <laughs> and brought it back? She's feisty. But at the same time, it does seem to have a more kind of cynical you know vibe yeah. the whole movie yeah. I mean, it's very brutal um, for sure I, you know that was, I kind of appreciate that you know def- it doesn't really pull any punches other than you know maybe less gore that type of thing 
But I did read, you know, just now that, you know, they had shot a few endings and they actually shot some version of the original ending, um, which I guess is just like the original movie. I hope that's on like the Blu-ray. Yeah. But they said they, you know, tested those endings to audiences and the audiences liked, you know, that ending better, the one they shown. You know, I read that, you know, Stephen King actually, um, who didn't write this, but he wrote the original movie, if you remember, he wrote the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't not write this movie. He's kind of given it his seal of approval, yeah. as he does with every single. Graveyard <laughs> <laughs> um, <great> shift. <laughs> the uh, check cleared. Yes. <laughs> um, I think he's just easily entertained, honestly. That's fine. Uh, uh, but he said that he actually proposed, kind of, a, for what it's worth, you know, a new ending that he had thought about, um, which obviously they didn't take it. But his his thinking was that um, that it would actually end with Gage, sort of, you know, on his own kind of you know walking out onto the road and you know he's escaped and that you think he's about to be hit with a truck like it's the last sort of thing and then but actually uh, some woman actually saves him and it ends with the woman kind of just saying oh well what happened to your you know where's your family and then it then it kind of ends with like the you know the family somewhere else i like that that so, made me very scared i like it yeah so his idea was that at least there's you know one survivor yeah you know? But still, kind of a, like a scare and slap, half, halfway kind of. I like that. Well, they didn't shoot it. Oh, they didn't even shoot it. I don't think so. Jesus Christ! All right. I guess they're like, no thanks, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the idea. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, okay, what about Church versus Church? I like New Church. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Leo. I, th- I did feel kind of sad when he left it all by itself, at the, you know, at, at, at in the road. He was kind of looking as the car left and backed up. Oh yeah, <laughs> <was> so sad. <laughs> yeah, just like Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, and then when he comes back, it's kind of sad because you know, you know, Ellie sees him. He's got his tail up. He's like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> he's so happy that he made himself home. <laughs> right. Uh, I guess as the idea that maybe the cat is like luring her into the road. Yeah, okay, I well, think so. Whatever. I just like the idea that he's like, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Sorry for almost killing you last night or whatever. <laughs> okay, well, thumbs up. Pet Cemetery remake. Jury's still out on, I guess, larger feelings. But, yeah. I mean, it's a generally a good, solid, well-made horror movie. Well, and just to take Church's side, I mean... <laughs> I couldn't brush my cats now. Like, my, I have really sweet cats, but I, if I could sit there and, like, tug on their fur, they'd scratch me too, right? Yeah, my cat has actually done worse than that. <laughs> and, and I'm literally giving her, like, a, a brush out that's supposed to be soothing. Right. And she'll be purring until she, you know, bites you. <laughs> Were you able to find another true crime for this version of Pet Cemetery? I but, was. Okay. Tell me all about it. <laughs> and this was crazy. Like I, this was I wasn't searching for a particular crime for this movie. I had just stumbled upon this weird article a while ago, and I just like bookmarked it. Like save. Your uh, Google search history must be absolutely oh, terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and I think I found it on because I like to go through like the really creepy ranker articles. You know. Do you ever go on there and just bum out? <laughs> no, I, I guess I'll go there. Top way. 10 creepiest kidnappings or whatever. They do that? Oh, gosh. it's yeah. There's like a, a bone-chilling version of Ranker where it's all just like terrible things. And then they just give you more suggestions. And, oh, did you want to know about the worst, you know, 
escalator accidents. <laughs> sure. Um, and so I happened to found this one on there, and I was just like, this is crazy. So this takes place in 1981. Oh, so we're 100 years from our last Pet Cemetery true crime story. Oh. Which was an 1880-something, right? Very good. So 100 years later, yeah. Kristen is born. <laughs> this is the year I was born. And so this starts with a, a woman named Dorothy Thompson, who was an heiress. I didn't see what she was an heir of, but she lived in New Orleans and she owned a pet cemetery. But apparently this pet cemetery was a pretty big deal. It had everything from cats and dogs to also like monkeys, parakeets, bunnies, anything you wanted to bury there. Uh, you could spend up to two grand on a tombstone if you wanted. Some of them were as elaborate as a carved version of their pet as a tombstone to just like an urn that you bury. I'm already distracted because you said bunnies, and I was just oh. imagining what <laughs> happened if we buried our bunny in the pet cemetery. Oh, boo. It would be so evil. <laughs> it would. Anyway, good. It would essentially just be that bunny from Monty Python. Right. right? I mean, it already had red, red eyes yeah. and bit us constantly. There was also, in the cemetery, there was a famous boa constrictor who had been on Johnny Carson. And they had a little funeral for him and everything. They had like a... I'm about a, to pass out. <laughs> they had a, like a band there to play music and they had a little burial, a procession. Uh, yeah, I'm not going there. If yes, that boa are. constrictor comes back to life, I'm... No, we're going. <laughs> we're going to take that boa constrictor up and <laughs> we're going to go me. bury it <laughs> so it comes back. Oh my gosh, how scary would that be if, snake that came that's back what i've been thinking about for the past 40 seconds i mean I... i'm sorry so in 1981 dorothy disappeared she was found three weeks later her body was found partially nude with a bag over her head chains around her an electrical wire around her neck and she would had been thrown in the mississippi river yikes yeah that sounds pretty bad it, apparently it turns out she had been suffocated so the only suspect they ever had was, was a groundskeeper and tombstone maker um, his name was Brandon Nodier. I assume it's Nodier because he's French for New Orleans. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably just like Noter, but uh, he was a, sus- a suspect, but no convictions came. They couldn't find anything against him. Brandon moved to the pet cemetery because he had a dream about living in a cemetery. Oh, he moved into the cemetery. He lived well. The grounds. Oh, the groundskeeper. Okay, so you're like a shack or something. Yeah. Yes, but like the the ho- the house and his house. I mean, it's not that's on the grounds of the cemetery but so he had a dream that was so vivid about living in a cemetery that he went to go find a cemetery to live in and he i mean he's sounding very suspicious to me yeah well apparently dorothy had a bad drug problem and at one point brandon tricked her into signing a 99 year lease on her property to him where he only had to pay her 20 dollars a month but so, but then at some point she comes to her senses and she realizes what happened and she starts taking him to civil court and then she disappears. So it's very suspect of this Brandon guy, but they can't prove anything against him and the case goes cold. It's also interesting that 10 years prior, Dorothy had shot her husband on mm, that same property. That is interesting. <laughs> to de- like apparently he was abusive and it was ruled as self-defense, but... Why isn't this movie? This, this sounds it's, pretty know, incredible already. Just wait. So the grounds grew over. It was abandoned. Apparently her family inherited it, but didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, the police had to chase off like kids doing drugs and drinking in the cemetery, which reminded me of Pet Cemetery too. <laughs> Remember how they go in there and they're like drinking and... The classic scene from Pet Cemetery yes. too, yeah. 
Um, and so cut to 2012. The police get a tip that Brandon has admitted to somebody that he killed Dorothy. And the specific reason that he gave was that he told this informant that Dorothy's ghost kept coming to him. You mean the specific reason he gave for telling the truth finally? Yes, okay. telling this person. He didn't tell the police. He told this, I guess, a buddy. I see. The buddy tells the police, and the police start investigating the tip. So then they find another groundskeeper who actually witnessed the murder. He was with Brandon. He was in his car and witnessed the murder like through the window of the house. Oh, how cinematic is that? He's sitting like there. Rear window, yeah. And he sees it, and then uh, Brandon comes out and allegedly throws her body in the back. And so, but then he threatened the witness that he would kill him and all his family. And I guess he just had seen him murder somebody. So he was like, okay. Seems credible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In 2012, this is all the information they have. There's still no like direct evidence to tie him to it. So the police interrogate Brendan again, and he finally kind of slips up. He doesn't quite admit to it, but they do get him to take a plea deal. And so he, he was arrested on second degree murder charges, but he accept a plea deal for manslaughter. And so I think that's anywhere from five to 21 years. So he's only 60. So that might be the rest of his life. Might not be. Can we but interview him for this podcast? You can start writing letters to okay. him if you would like. I'm not going to write any letters to any murderers. All right, just but... seeing what our boundaries are. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think we should go and find this pet cemetery. Apparently it's, it's kind of outside of New Orleans in a rural area. And there's a giant um, St. Bernard statue that kind of marks where you turn off into the road mm. to find it. So when can we go? Um, soon. You check your calendar, right? Well, yeah. Got to clear a few things first. <laughs> All right. Why did he kill her? Because of the money. She was going to take him to civil court. And then so he was going to be exposed for mm. conning her and fraud. And apparently he'd been in trouble before he been arrested for burglary before he just i think he was just a bad guy i wonder why i didn't bury her in the pet cemetery is what i've been thinking but seems like a really missed opportunity and also this was 81 so it was just a few years after uh pet stephen king's book came out well i I, if i think the book didn't come out until 83 so that would explain he just didn't have that idea yet the book came out in 83 yeah and the movie came out in like 89 oh yeah. yeah yeah I think he wrote it in the 70s, and, you know, he held on to it for a while. Right, right. So, But it didn't come out until 83. So I'm sure if it had been out, he would have obviously tried that. Although I guess he really wouldn't want her to come back to life. No. <laughs> would be a little bit defeat, defeat the purpose, I suppose. Yeah. Like, that's what I was saying about, like, the Pet Cemetery movie. Like, how many times are you just... How many people are going to be buried and brought back before someone stops it? I don't know. I mean, I, my take on it, I haven't think, thought about it a little bit more, is, you know, I, I don't think they have any incentive to go beyond the family. So I think they're just going to live as that family in that house and just sort of, you know, be happy with their cat. And then maybe as people come up to them, they'll, they'll kill them. Um, but the police are going to come. Yeah, and they'll kill them. And well, then, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this also kind of reminds well, me of what I've read to talk about with the Jurassic said, World well, and the second Jurassic World Peter Fallen too. Kingdom. <laughs> I forgot what made me so was so dumb See, is that that little girl <laughs> turns out to be a clone. Do you remember this? I kind of remember that. I remember thinking, what movie are we watching now? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that's why she saves the dinosaurs, because they're like me, is what she says. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? I, yeah, I remember kind of slowly tuning out of the movie, you know, kind of just watching <laughs> it, And then that happened and being like, 
oh, <laughs> it kind of, it did kind of pull me back into it, but mostly just because like it's a what you know WTF type of thing. Um, so then she lets the dinosaurs out. I now kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> what if it's actually bananas? I mean, letting the dinosaurs out, that's just a death sentence, too. I mean, dinosaurs can't just go and live in the world. They're going to have to come and kill them, right? But at the end of the movie, like, Ian Malcolm is doing, like, a voiceover, and he's like, well, they just live with us now. No. Right? Well, they're on an island, right? No, they oh, were released. Oh, they went to, like, California or something, didn't they? They were in that mansion, remember? Yeah. And then so they let the them mansion, out. Though? I don't know, New York. <laughs> Pull up Wikipedia. <laughs> and, and so now they're just like, well, they just live with us now. It's like, well, no, they'd obviously be hunted down and killed. There's a T-Rex out there, Chris. So that's our that's episode a, on Jurassic World. Right. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> <laughs> just a few years late. So we'll have to watch the movie again, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I, I still don't have, and I say still as in like, you know, two hours later. <laughs> right. But um, I feel like there's a, you know more to think about with this one. You know, and it could be better or worse than I'm giving it credit for. <laughs> right. Um, well, yeah, and then again, send us your ideas for movies or share any stories with us about your first scary movie or your first scary movie experience, something that scared you that maybe we haven't thought about, and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, and if you have um, your own review of the new Pet Cemetery that is similar or different from ours, please let us know. Well, my friend uh, Mark Schroeder loves movies and he reviews every movie he sees and he posted a little review on sometimes groups are better and i haven't read it yet because i hadn't seen the movie yet so i'm gonna go and check that and see what he thought and so go on sometimes groups are better search for that and join our group so we can talk about this or whatever else you guys want to talk about excellent all right our theme songs by gabby watts you can find her at, at Gabby Rotts, G-A-B-B-I-E-R-O-T-T-S. Her band's playing more uh, gigs around. Is that what you call them? Yes, gigs. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Shit, are you going to help me with Easter? Yeah, well, all Adam said was, I said, where are you going to get it? And he said, well... As long as it's not pee or poop, uh, I think it'll be pretty good. <laughs> See, it's pretty low expectations. <laughs> <laughs>